0: Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Okay. How is this finally happening two years later? Y'all, I have thought about doing a podcast for forever. I've had hundreds, if not thousands of people ask me to do a podcast for forever. Here's the story. (laughs) I recently especially have had this insane, almost like pressure from God, right? Just this monkey on my back, like, do it. Would you just do it? You need to do this. And I am the, like, I'm the coach, right? I'm the mindset mentor. I'm the one that is always encouraging people to walk through their fears and to get over themselves and to do all the things. And I have been stuck in the starting blocks, like just Paralyzed with fear. It's insane. And all of my friends and mentors and everybody, they're like, this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. Like, you of all people, you do this every day. You do this all the time. You speak on stages and yet you're terrified to do a podcast. What is happening? So I don't know what what that's all about. I do know what that's all about. I know it's a lot about just. Fear of how it's going to be received. um, Fear of vulnerability that I know I will bring to the table. Um, Fear of also just being kind of backed into a corner and forced to like always have to produce a podcast every week. Um, The added workload when I am so... Like aligned with the goal of not grinding and hustling as much and being really intentional with my family time. So it's a lot of things. It's a lot of things. But here we are. Here we are. Um, First official podcast. We have no idea what this is going to be called. Um, we have no idea what we're doing. We have no idea how to do this really. Um, here's the funny thing, guys. I was laughing with my best friend yesterday about this. And I was like, I don't even know how, like, um, am I supposed to put headphones on? I'm like, I don't know why people have headphones on. You're talking into a mic, which is happening right now. I have no headphones on. And this is why you put headphones on because my dogs are wrestling in the background guys this is the, this is why you put headphones on. Um, all right, you guys. So here's the deal. What are we going to be talking about on this podcast? We're going to be talking about it all. Addiction. Lord knows I've been through it. Um, faith. God knows that's what's carried me through it. Um, everything I'm obsessed with, right? I'm obsessed with health and nutrition and personal growth and, you know, hacking just life. I mean, I love crazy things like ice baths and, you know, going to personal development seminars for 18 hours a day and um, just all of the things, right? I also have a son that was just recently diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. So currently, I'm obsessed with researching all of the things that have to do with that. And and here's another piece of kind of the backstory of how a podcast came to be 20 years later. I was thinking about this this morning. So for those of you guys that don't know, and I'll go into my story in a second. um, I was a Pilates instructor for gosh, over 15 years. And I always taught privately or semi-privately. So these women would come into me on the hour, every hour, that door would rotate with one or two women. And because it was so small, you know, one-on-one, one-on-two, and private, we got really, really, really close. I know you're probably thinking, where is this going? Um, But what the epiphany that I had during that time was I got to be this conduit of information. So I have a way probably because I am very much an open book and I have no problem getting vulnerable that that opens the door for other people to be vulnerable and and open up. And so I would kind of extract this information and like really, I, I just always asked a thousand questions and I would find things out that would be like, help, like what helped you, what helped you break through this? Or what was the catalyst for change in your life? And what was, what did you do? Where did you go? How did you find help in this situation? And then somebody else would come in two days later, broken, struggling with a problem that I had just talked to somebody else about. And I would be able to pass on this incredible gift of information, not because I went through it, just just as that that in-between. And that person would come back to me. And they would tell me how much that information changed their life and how they just owed me this debt of gratitude. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, nothing gives me greater joy than just helping people, right? Like giving them a tip or a trick or a product or or a therapist number or something that's going to be the thing that I can give them that's going to change their life. And so guys, this podcast is that for me. (sighs) Like now I'm going to get emotional and this is coming full circle that, um, you know, seven years ago when I stepped into coaching, I remember thinking, this isn't where I want to be, God. This isn't what I want to do, but I feel you pushing me into this. And I was terrified. And I was so scared of what people thought. And I didn't have the confidence that I have now. But I remember after I stepped into it, thinking everything led to this. Every road led me here. And this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. So this podcast, this platform, this microphone... I know by the grace of God is exactly where I'm supposed to be. And it is my hope that I can share with you things that will impact things that will create change in your life. I have been obsessively learning since I got sober at 21 years old, 23 years ago. I think I just gave away my age and, um, I do have just a wealth of knowledge and experience to pass on. And so before we wrap up here, this first quick episode, I'm going to go back and (laughs) I'm going to get real guys. I'm going to get vulnerable. Here you go. Here is the story. If you haven't heard it before, Um, I don't have any notes in front of me. I don't have any, you know, I haven't really rehearsed this at all, although it's my story, so I know it better than anything. But I'm I'm not going to go super super in depth. But I'm going to kind of give you the cliff notes version. Um, I grew up in Maryland. I'm the youngest of six Irish Catholic kids. Um, I wouldn't have it any other way. Never wanted my mom to have another baby because I totally recognized from a young age that that was the best place to be. Um, and from a very young age, I was looking back super, I don't even know what the word is, super able. Like I was, you know, a really good athlete. I, um, tried my hand at piano and I was like a really good pianist. And then I tried my hand at, you know, something else. And I was really good at that. And so I was a star student. Um, I, you know, was in the gifted and talented. I remember like taking the SATs in seventh grade and all that stuff. And I don't say that to toot my own horn. Cause don't worry, there's a total crash and burn story. <laughs> um, I say that because it's just who I was. I, was always applauded. Like my parents were very interesting because my dad was actually 50 years old when I was born. So it was almost like being raised by a grandfather um, who had a lot of wisdom and a lot of life experience. His first wife actually passed away um, in her early early 30s of breast cancer, her breast cancer, and left him with three little kids, my three older brothers and sisters. That's a story for another episode. Um, but just to give you a glimpse of like the kind of incredible father that I was raised with who really got what life was all about. And then my mom was a German Navy nurse, tough as nails, still is. And, you know, I was also the sixth kid back in the 70s and 80s. So I really wasn't parented that much because I got good grades. I was a star student, star athlete, like they didn't need to worry about me. My mom would always say, you always landed on your feet, no matter, you know, what was going on. You just had a way of landing on your feet. And I will say that I was born with this insatiable drive in everything, right? In school, in sports and all of it and as you age up and get into high school athletics and high school academics and things like that and start really looking at college and i always wanted to be pre i always wanted to go pre med i always wanted to be a doctor since as far back as i can remember i um, i started to feel a lot of pressure right i started to feel that kind of voice in my head that if i am not the best athlete if i'm not the all-star softball player and the star field hockey player then Who am I? Um, Even though my parents never put that on me. And I just started to, like, I just wanted to take some pressure off, right? I had felt that pressure every day of my life since a young age. And I put it on myself because, and society puts it on you, right? It feels really good to be the best. And um, I started drinking. I had my first drink in public school. I got out of Catholic school after nine years. (laughs) There was no Catholic high school. So we went to the big public school. And I had my first drink. My mom had told us that alcoholism ran in our family. And um, that was about the extent of the conversation around addiction. It wasn't in my immediate family, it wasn't in my household. Um, I just knew that it was like an uncle here, and that's why we didn't see him, and an aunt here, and that's why we didn't see her, you know. Um, But I wasn't really educated on it. I think there was a lot of fear, um, especially on my mom's side, that she just wanted you know she didn't even open up that can of worms it was such a big fear for her Um, and I will tell you that the first time I drank was the first time I felt relief in my life it was the first time I felt like I could finally stop the 18 plates spinning in the air that I had kept spinning every day of my life and I sought it out again and again and again and again and I'm not going to go into any of this stuff in like deep detail, because I'm sure <laughs> there's going to be a, a, an episode for that. But I started to drink and by the t- a lot, and by the time I was a senior in high school, I was drinking every day, seven days a week. And I threw my athletic scholarships and anything else out the window. I didn't see it at the time. I thought, you know, you're just an immature high schooler teenager and you think like, I don't want to play. I don't, uh, you know, that's not a priority in my life because partying was a priority in my life. And so I didn't realize it, but I I really threw away everything college wise. I went to um, a college, the college that was in my hometown and just continued to go down the, you know, It just continued that downward spiral of addiction. Um, There were drugs certainly in there, uh, but alcohol was always my drug of choice. And my sister started to have a lot of issues at this time. She started going in and out of rehab. She was five years older. I compared myself to that. I wasn't that bad. You start to choose new friends that are lower level. So you never feel that like you're that bad off. And um, just rock bottom, absolute rock bottom kicked out of college pretty much although I left before I could be kicked out and um like what in the world right somebody that was like Johns Hopkins gifted and talented six years before was getting kicked out of college um and it didn't it just it's like bringing me back like when you're in the middle of an addiction nothing else matters your family your schooling your future your dreams none of it matters I ran away to California. Um, that's another story. I had a plane ticket. It's a long story, <laughs> um, but I ran away to California to just escape the heat that was on me because my parents were like, "That's it. You're gonna have to like get your shit together." And you know, they were also in Al-Anon at the time. Thank God, so they weren't totally enabling me, but they were also allowing me to like crash and burn. But they were also, you know, saying, "You gotta, you gotta, you gotta get help." Um, little did I know I arrived in California and it is like sobriety capital of the world. So I got there summertime ish. Don't even remember what month it is really. Got sober after multiple tries in January, January 2nd of 1999, um, at 21 years of age. Yeah, I was 21. And so that started this long road of self-discovery. You know, I was also in SoCal where it's like, you know, a little hippy-dippy, but just just otherworldly. Like you have access to like all of these cutting edge things and cutting edge science, but also like outside the box modalities. So I was into like different types of spirituality and just exploring and trying to find myself in my center in my way. And, um, I fell into Pilates again. I'm not going to go into every detail, I fell into Pilates thinking that I could just do that and go back to med school, but it ended up lo and behold, never thought that would happen. It would end up being my career. I moved back East. I started my own business. I started my own studio. I think I was 23. I built that, expanded that very entrepreneurial from a super young age. Um, Yes, I was buying penny candy at the hospital my mom worked at and reselling it um, times three. So the margin was good when I was like nine years old in my neighborhood. So always a hustler. Um, but I moved back east, found Pilates, opened up my own studio. It was such an incredible career. It allowed me to help people. It allowed me to, I just continued on this journey of sobriety and self-growth and self-development. Um I ended up selling my studios once I started having babies and just wanted to, I was actually just kind of bored with it. I had like expanded and changed locations and hired multiple people and like made it as big as I could make it. And I was just bored. And so I needed to do something else. And I was at that place um, that I, I think almost every new mom gets to where you have these two little babies and you're like, I love my babies. They are my life but this can't be it. Like, this can't be it. Like I'm meant for more, right? I ended up um, selling my studio and just being on this search. I was like, just desperate for some type of job that was going to fulfill my soul. Yet I had to work for myself because I'm so bullheaded. I could never ever work for anyone else. Um, And I still wanted my own flexibility. I wanted to write my own schedule, just like I had with the studio, but I also wanted to make an income, you know? And so there's not that many choices and, or there are a million choices that don't really add up. Like I really thought about going back to school for nutrition. That was going to cost me money. It was going to take forever. I was going to come out probably making way less than I was actually teaching Pilates. Like I just couldn't figure it out. And I finally decided to start a cold pressed juice company because I'm passionate about nutrition and just health. And I really wanted to like coach people through that process. So I um, took out a $100,000 loan, figured out how to press juice, figured out how to build a brand, figured out how to build a website, navigating all of that stuff. And um, it was wildly successful and it was super fun. And my soul was set on fire for about a year. And after that year, um, two year mark, really, you know, you don't make money when it's your own business, even though the company is making money, you don't put money in your pocket for a while. And so the toll of working probably at least 50 to 60 hours a week, trying to be a mom of toddlers, trying to be a wife, trying to take care of myself, I had literally crashed and burned owning a cold press juice company. And I was miserable and broken and at my unhealthiest, ironically. Um, And I had stumbled into a friend of a friend in California when I was on a trip that was a really cool, amazing, like girl. She just seemed to have like her shit together and she was awesome. And she was in the wellness world and she was kind of this like health guru in Southern California. And I met with her because she knew some stuff about juice companies, and she was like, "Hey, I also run online boot camps. You should join mine." And I was like, "Sure, let's do it." And here's the other part of the backstory: the other start of my uh, the other part of my backstory is when I put alcohol down in January of twenty of nineteen ninety nine. I literally put alcohol down, and I picked up an eating disorder, and I struggled with bulimia for. Forever. Um, and at this point, this was like 15 years into sobriety. Now that I own this juice company, I was still, I always say, like, I didn't have an eating disorder anymore because I'd done a ton of work, but I still had disordered eating. I still had a totally messed up relationship with food, a totally screwed up relationship with myself. Um, there was a lot of self sabotage and just all the stuff, right? And so I jumped on every single fitness or nutrition solution that came out came down the pipe. Tell me you got a boot camp, I'm in. Tell me you've got a diet, I'm in. Tell me you've got a new workout program, I'm signing up. Like every you could name anything, y'all, anything health wellness related, solution wise, I've done it and nothing had worked. And um, so I jumped into this boot camp, you know, sight unseen, not thinking anything. And I was like, what what is this all about? And I was totally, I had a million certifications and all the education at that point in the industry. And I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, you know, I've done all the workouts. This isn't going to cut it. They were 30 minute workouts. I was like, "Uh, that's not going to work for me. The nutrition was just basic. And I was like, "Mm hmm that's not going to work for me. And I'd overcomplicated everything, right, with my knowledge. And so I didn't know, I couldn't figure out the solution for myself anymore. And lo and behold, this silly little online bootcamp completely changed my life. It completely changed my life because the nutrition was simple, because the workouts were short, totally effective. And like I said, they were 30 minutes. So you could, you never had an excuse to skip them. I also had a community that I stepped into and accountability, which is everything. And my coach kept telling me to be a coach. And I was like, mm, no way, no how, not going to do that. Um, Never, ever, ever with a 10,000 foot pole, am I going to do what you're doing for a multitude of reasons? I'm never getting into network marketing. I will like... You know, roll over. Like, it's just like, I will go to my grave never doing that. I don't care how much I love it, I'm not gonna do it. And I don't wanna be on social media, and I don't have your confidence, and I don't wanna do what you're doing if you're looking for some more in-depth training on mindset practices and how to create your vision how to reverse engineer your goals how to craft your morning process all of the things that i'm super passionate about you guys the rise up course is where it's at it is literally my lifetime my mind in a course every single tip strategy and hack that you could possibly ask me about is in this course so jump into the show notes right below and you'll see the link for the Rise Up course and my Rise Up Planner and you guys can rise up with us. And so I continued on my juice company path. The plane continued to go down in flames and I saw her life literally transform before my eyes. I saw her step into true entrepreneurship. I saw her step into... An incredibly financial, like some financial success, I saw her step into a community of women that were literally like my dream list friends, like just badasses, right? That were traveling the world that were super hyped up on like personal growth, physical growth, spiritual growth. And I was like, looking at her life as my planes crashing and thinking like that is everything I've ever wanted. That is what I've been trying to figure out how to do. And she's inviting me into it. And I'm saying no. And so I finally said yes. And I started um, actually bringing my old Pilates clientele kind of through this process. And I saw their lives change more in the first three weeks than they had in the 10 to 15 years that I had been teaching them. And not that Pilates isn't amazing. I'm taking Pilates classes right now. It's just that it is such a small percentage of the whole. You know, the coaching that I do now is yes, the physical component, which is such a small percentage of the whole, but the large percentage is accountability, community, personal growth, the inside journey, and nutrition. And so I started to be able to coach people, whole body, mind, and spirit, and I started to create change in people's lives that had been a dream of mine to change ever since I wanted to be a doctor when I was six years old. I have, because I have such an addictive personality and such a driven personality, um, I went in like all in. I can tell you that there was that jumping off place in my life that I thought, this isn't what I signed up for. This isn't what I want to do. This isn't the package I thought my success would come in. And I was wrapped up in a lot of fear. I didn't want to share my story. I didn't even start talking about the fact that I was sober until I was probably three years into coaching, which was literally, y'all, 19 years into my sobriety. How insane is that? Little backstory. Because I went from a place like living in California where I got sober, where sobriety is like badass and super well-respected. And if you're at a huge party and you're not drinking, somebody might be like, oh, dude, are you in recovery? Cool. To the South where people still whisper, like, let's not talk about that. You know, if I'm like, oh, I'm in recovery, I'm an alcoholic. They're like, get really uncomfortable because it's so taboo around here. It's insane. Um, Again, another episode. But I started little by little to find my voice and it was fueled by changing people's lives and very quickly became wildly successful with coaching and I remember in year two, um, I actually was asked to speak on stage at the Superdome, which I don't know if you've ever stood or been in a place like the Superdome with, I think we had 25,000 people in the audience that time. Um, It is a life experience that is just completely insane. And I will say that, and hence the reason why we're walking through the fear and doing the podcast public speaking is my biggest, 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 always has been my biggest fear. And I thought to myself, how the heck did I end up at a place where I am being asked and I'm, and you know, you don't say no to that, even though you're wrapped with fear. And um, how did I end up at a place where I got to walk on stage and talk to 25,000 people? And here's what that gosh, this is going to be a topic on on an episode, walking through the fear and what's on the other side of that. So biggest fear of my life, right? Decided to walk through it one day. When I walked out on that stage that day, thinking this is my worst nightmare. And what is the quote? God doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. Yes, God doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. He equipped me that day. I walked out on that stage and I did what I did and I said what I said and I walked back out off that stage and it was almost like I had a blackout and I thought, I don't know what just happened but that was a miracle. Meaning all the fear washed away, the, the, the message that needed to come through to that audience came through the calm was there. It was like, I was almost possessed. And I truly believe like, that's like, just God, that is God. And I walked off that stage. And I thought, that's what I'm on this earth for. Everything you want. Everything that you're looking for is on the other side of you walking through that fear. So that was that. That was like year two, right? And I've gone on to be a published author and speak on a million more stages. And I don't say that to, you know, blow up my ego at any point. I say that because that's where I know life leads you to these extraordinary just insanely joyful blessings and relationships and experiences. When you walk through the fear, when you listen to the whisper, it's like my favorite thing to say, listen to the whisper. I will encourage you to do that till the day I die. I know that's why I'm on this planet. I know that my gift is believing in you when you don't believe in yourself because it was done for me. So um, I then became the number one coach in that company, you know, 400,000 people And I've hit a lot of obstacles along the way. It has not been all rainbows and butterflies by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I lost my sister um, to alcoholism on this life journey. I have, you know, had to walk through um, obviously getting sober. I've had to walk through the death of other friends through addiction. I've had to overcome an eating disorder. I've had to you know, um, navigate grief with the loss of my father and the loss of a lot of other just things. Um, I've had to navigate the ups and downs of marriage. I know that seems so cliche, like, don't we all? But I believe today that I have an extraordinary marriage because we are so committed to the work and we are so committed to our individual paths of personal growth, which he certainly did not want to be on the first couple of years I was on mine. And so I can help navigate that because I know what it's like to be on a journey and not have your spouse along on it um, and to find your way back to each other. And I've had lots of friends that have had to walk through divorce and I truly believe that you know by the grace of God we're not there and we are strong and we are solid because we chose other options at certain crossroads just like sobriety you know I remember one of my friends who almost relapsed one time and um she was like literally just about to relapse and she called me and I said and I had my sister had just passed away like literally within hours and I said um I can't really talk right now. My sister just found out my sister passed away, like shockingly. And I remember her later saying, you know, I picked up the phone to call you in that moment of almost relapsing. And your sister didn't pick up the phone. It's like, what are your actions in those moments of despair? What are your actions in those moments of desperation and Tony Robbins always says, you know, your destiny is shaped in your moments of decision. And so um, I've done a lot of work to lead me to a lot of right decisions and wrong decisions. And I felt the consequences from those wrong decisions as well. So we're going to be talking about it all addiction and faith and health and wellness and eating disorders and growth and even things like social media growth like i can't wait to get some of my besties on on the podcast to talk about like them, you know, I have these friends who are like massive Instagram influencers. And I'm like, how did you do that? Like, what is that like? Tell me all the things. So we're going to be talking about everything from business to personal lives to, to everything in between. I really want to hear from you guys and how I can deliver as best I can for you. This podcast is not for me. It's not for my ego. I don't really have time to do this. This is all for you. And it is absolutely a God calling on my life. And uh, this went already longer than I thought it would. So thank you for listening to this first episode and cheers to many more to come. Bye guys.